podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here every week, win, lose or draw. Talking all things United. This is the United People's Podcast. How are we doing, everyone? I'm back. Yes, I took a week off because I'm massively unprofessional. Yes, I was 35 minutes late to this podcast. It's like 8 Mile, you know, Eminem. Just gets all the gets all the cusses out before you two can because I can see Bad and Neil ready to have a go at me for making them wait 35 minutes. I apologise, Les. Can you let me off? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> at least everyone's in a good mood tonight, mm. then. <laughs> well, look, I suppose we are in a good mood. We've just, uh, we've just progressed to the Europa League quarterfinals. A pretty professional 1-0 win away at Real Betis in Seville. 25 degrees Seville. Not that I'm, you know, sour about it at all. But we will brush over the Southampton game a little bit later in the show. Uh, I think I'd rather start by focusing on the positives of the week. And the positives of that second... What do you reckon? Is it just is it just a game which is just purely positive? 1-0 win, 5-1 on aggregate. It was kind of everything it needed to be, Bal, right? Yeah, I think today was just a case of going through the motions, not conceding early and because the way their crowd was, had they scored early, they probably would have G'd up even more. And with the referee being the way he was, you pick up two straight yellow cards for the same player. You could be down to 10 men and one more goal suddenly you think, shit, they're fucking back into this game. And I think control the game very well. I think we were very wasteful with the ball in front of the in front of goal and, and creating chances. But it wasn't about that tonight. It was rotating the team, Getting through unscathed, no injuries, no suspensions. Roll I mean, uh, look, Ten Hag, you say that rotating a team there. Uh, Ten Hag is not one for massive rotation, is he? Who did he change? He, Anthony went out for Palistri. Um, Maguire came in for Varane. Um, Malassia, Malassia, I think, came in for sure. I think that was, yeah. there, there were three changes, weren't they? Yeah. But, but that's Ten Hag, man. He, yeah. he, he prefers, to, we've, sp- we've spoken about it so many times, and people get angry about it. But that right there is exactly what he wouldn't, because i tell you what. Real Betis were pretty good in that first half. Um, we kept losing the ball in silly positions. They kept just like bounding towards a goal. I think Martinez, Martinez for me was probably the man of the match. Um, I really enjoyed watching him today. Neil, who was your man of the match? Coming in straight, coming in uh, hot. Maguire, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, thought he, I, thought he was, I thought he was really good. Um, considering how few starts he gets, I thought he looked really comfortable. He made a couple of those sort of runs that he used to be really good at doing. Um, and... Yeah, it was just good. to be honest. It was just good to see him play well. Now, whether he, whether it's, I don't know, whether it's slightly rose tinted to, to say he was man of the match, possibly a little bit because I think of what it means. But he was the one that caught the eye for me. I would say. I think I, I'll be honest. I've just completely brushed over him when I was watching the game. I don't know whether I've got like Maguire selective blindness. Uh, I probably do to a little certain degree because I, I don't think I gave him enough credit. Cause those sorts of runs, they're the ones that you always saw at Leicester, right? Running out from defence well, and, and, and then just thinking a little diagonal. Mm, and for England. Yeah, not, yeah, just not for us. Well, not recently anyway. Sure, I think was, you have got a bit of blindness when it comes to that because you're just looking at Martinez with the sort of song Take My Breath Away going on in your head. This is, this is very true. This is very true. I mean, I, I mean, as, as Sam, we were just, you were just discussing in the chat with somebody who you name. It's like constantly goes on at Wiggles. Why is he playing? Why is he playing? Like, we fucking got Harry Kane. And Pete Cristiano Ronaldo sitting on the bench and they can't get a game because this guy's so good. He's playing out of necessity. He was he was signed as a backup striker not to play 14, 15 games on the trot. <laughs> every single game he started, every single game. It's a madness. But, but it is a... I think it's, it's a perfect perfect storm in the sense that, okay, 
Okay, even if he plays on the weekend or not, and Marshall does or not, come back after the after the win um, international break. You've got to fit, fit Anthony, Anthony Marshall, who you can work with for the next two and a half weeks. And then you go into the business end, hopefully quarterfinals of this, semifinals of the FA Cup. What do, you, probably... what, man, what do you reckon it is a Martial? Because like, if you're looking at the World Cup, right, it was like a five, six week gap, a break. We're thinking Martial's training with Ten Hag. After he comes back, that's when we're going to get Martial coming back. But then... I don't know whether it was like a back injury or a leg injury, just a couple of little minor things have ended up keeping him out for well, what, what, what Ten Hag said, I think they rushed him back. And I think, in my opinion, it's more a case of I'd rather give him an extra two weeks and have him for the whole running than him coming back and he lapses again and sh and we're shit over up Shit's Creek and mm. we've only got Weggorst to take us into the end. Because um, we are one Rashford injury away up top from oh, that's that is a terrifying prospect Rashford there tonight it was <clears throat> what within the space of 10 minutes <laughs> yeah he had like two two chances that you would have absolutely backed him to score and he fluffed his lines and then just out of nowhere just pulls an absolute rocket out outside right? his unbelievable finish just an outrageous finish he had no real right because he had right to shoot from there given how confident he is but <laughs> it was just it was funny it was funny just to see him miss those chances and then two minutes later just to absolutely bury that one Mate, that's that, I haven't even thought about that. The idea of what this United team looks like without Rashford right now. Doesn't look pretty. We don't have any. We don't have anyone else we can lean on, do we? I mean, because right now, we, for the last three months, we've been playing with effectively a target man who he doesn't really want in the team. He he didn't come to Manchester United. Oh, I want to sign White Weghorst in in January. That's who mm. my number one target is. It's a stopgap. Get to the end of the season. Hopefully now from April, you've got two months of Martial fit and you can pretty much have him at the top of your team because he's, he's not going to be tired, put it that way, because he's fucking <laughs> not playing no football. Um, what, so, fixes, what fixes have we got? I'm going to quickly pull up the fixture list after the international breaks. We've got um, when April comes around in, in the third. So in April, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in April. Factoring in the quarterfinal? No, that does that doesn't factor in the quarterfinal, or the semi-final, or the FA Cup. Semi-final is the twenty-third weekend. Oh, right, Chelsea, so that... Chelsea gets moved. Okay, Chelsea gets moved. Well, that'll be eight, eight, no, nine games actually, because it'll be two-legger, won't it? Um, geez. Oh, I, so I, 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 basically, if we get to the Europa League final, we don't have a free game week. I think into until the third week of May. And this is our first, after Fulham, this is our first break that we've had since the World Cup, isn't it? We've, we've been every three days. Yeah. I think, I, I, you've got to say that as, as an overall point. I think Ten Hags and this team have managed that pretty well. Yeah. Like there's been there's been some hiccups. Right? There's one that we, won't, we don't need to mention, one particularly big hiccup. But overall, given that we've been playing every three days, the run of form that we've had, the results that we've had, and... The, I was expecting more muscle, muscle injuries, you know, like players pulling up with yeah. a hammy, stuff like that. The stuff that you would expect from a team that plays really quite intense. Not really had any of it, which yeah. is a, very unlike United. Remember like under Fergie and under, oh, well, every every manager since, constant injuries we've had. I think it's quite, quite a credit to the fitness of these players, right? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think you're just managing, I think those players who are susceptible to those, such as Varane. Yeah. Managing his minutes perfectly. I think he tends to play one game a week. Which I think until we need to play more than that, leave him at one game a week. And like I said, I was I was quite happy with 
the, with the way Maguire played today. Um, what do you reckon was different about Maguire today? Um, well, he, he played on the right-hand side as opposed to the left. That's a good point. Um, so he's a lot more comfortable coming out with the ball and as the, uh, with bo his body shape as the ball's coming across to that. Um, I think there's the one um, in the first half where he got he got left exposed for pace, but I don't think that was his fault. That's one second or one second wasn't in position, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think as he's a professional. I mean, I, I was watching his. Um, I was just clearing up in the kitchen. I had it on the iPad, and it was just it, it, even his interviews. A professional he got and the interviewer just kept fishing about. Oh, you must you must find a really tough that you're not getting much game time. But he's like, look. I obviously want to play, and I've started five or six games since the World Cup. I want to start more, but I'm here to help the team. I'm here to lead the team on and off the pitch, and I've just got to do my part. And it is what it is. You need a squad. You're not going to have two centre halves carry you through now to all the way to the end of May. It's not going to happen. I think I, th I think the Varane point's pretty pretty good um, because yeah, Ten Hag is managing that well, and we the last thing that we want is Varane to be out. But um, two, I suppose risks. That Eric Ten Hag took against Betis, um, Neil, was starting Bruno and starting Casemiro, considering they're both on yellows. Yeah. We're both one yellow away from a suspension. Casemiro played the full 90. Bruno, I, I'll be honest, I breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief when Bruno went off. I was yeah. like, all right, cool. <laughs> well, that's sweet. Well, he's going to be in the, in the quarterfinals. But Casemiro kind of breezed through it. He we did. breezed through it. After that Rashford goal, the whole team breezed through it. I thought it was quite noticeable the last sort of 10 minutes or so. Casemiro wasn't really committing to, to many tackles. He obviously had that sort of burning in the back of his, his mind. Yeah, I, I agree with. As soon as Bruno went off, he's like, "Well, thank Christ for that." Um, but I mean, it was. I would say the whole thing was decent, if unspectacular. And I think the first. I th to be honest, I thought Betis were really good that first half. Yeah, right, the crowd. I mean, they were right there to the end at five-one, still singing. I thought the crowd were absolutely superb. I thought Betis just absolutely came out of the blocks flying. I think that's again probably why Maguire caught the eye because they did. They, did, they, they, they they had a lot of pressure and they sort of kept it kept them out. I think I think they need I think they need to given the scoreline, but it was just too gung ho. There's literally no kind of uh, composure within their play or their finishing. Well, neither, well uh, there wasn't any night either. It was a it was a game of proper transition. It was literally front to back. It was mm -hmm. hardly in midfield at all. It was just Bruno flying the balls over the top. But look, um, someone that I think we should focus on for a couple of minutes was uh, Facundo Pulistri, right? So his first, I think, I think I saw Mads that it's his first start at United. He's been here for like nine hundred odd days, and it's his first start for the club. Obviously, been loaned out in between. Anthony gets injured. Pedistri comes in. I thought he'd be. I thought he played pretty well. I think he can be happy with that performance. I think Ten Hag would put his arm around his shoulder and say, "Yeah, well done." He kept him on for the full ninety, which I think was a sort of a, a nod to, "All right, you're doing well. Get the full 90. Well, what do you reckon Ten Hag does um, against uh, Fulham on Sunday? Is is that because we don't know? I suppose we don't know how how bad Anthony's illness is, do we? Well, yeah, it's probably just a little fucking man flu. If it's cold. illness, they, they they normally come back for the game after, aren't mm -hmm. they? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just really annoyed. Like for the last half an hour watching it, you had likes of Alanga, Sancho, Pulisic, and it's like, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot, rather than looking. Okay, well, are any of my teammates better placed? Sancho is very good at that. Sancho, um, <laughs> but and it, it just made me think like how massive that drop off is from our our starting players to the, the backup players. Though this this was United of last year, <laughs> effectively. I, I, I think saw. that's I think that's more. Those players are probably like right. I've I've got to put myself in the manager's mind. I need that goal. 
So it's a little bit of selfishness, right? Especially at five one up, you can yeah. you can slightly forgive the selfishness. Although that Sancho, that Sancho one, I don't think you can quite forgive that. I could see. I mean, they would say the best player, the, the best strikers are the most selfish, but they've also got to be a bit more pragmatic than that. I mean, that was a that was a goal. And he spends. I have to say, I'm quite. A, I mean, it was offside. He was, was yeah, was he was offside, but we didn't know that for about half an hour afterwards because yeah. it takes so bloody long. Yeah. But he, <laughs> I, I thought Sancho still still for me spends a little bit too much time on the ball. The guy that we were looking at at Dortmund just sort of flies. He seems to really sort of dawdle a bit and just sort of, yeah, he just gets a bit caught. I, 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 I think it's worth, I think it's worth talking about because that the, the initial um, excitement and just joy of seeing him back playing football for United and getting that first goal back at Old Trafford, that's kind of died down a little bit. Um, I don't know whether it's a positional thing. I don't know whether, it, I don't know what to say about Sancho now because he's, I think you're right. I don't, no one's throwing him under the bus, but I think it's sort of fair and constructive criticism to say that, He's kind of died down a little bit. How yeah. would you how would you describe his I last, think, his I last few had, performances? I think he had a um, he had an illness, or I think he got which which game did he get left out of the, the squad completely? Was it on the weekend? No, he played on the weekend. The the um, the first leg we ever yeah. was expecting to play, and he 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 had an illness. Things like that don't help. And Ten Hag's one of these managers like he he's momentum. So a player's player's good players playing well you'll keep him in the team um and he he plays in one of those roles where because we haven't got an out and out number nine you can't then have another player who's who might who might have a good game might have a bad game and i think we get a lot more out of anthony off the ball mm -hmm. as well i i think we're a far better team with anthony in than without uh, certainly 100%. from a balance certainly from a balance perspective mm -hmm. but um <clears throat> you mentioned the big course there, there earlier right they that uh, that fan uh, who who shall not be named <laughs> he's not alone in his, in his thought process in terms of sort of slagging Veghorst I don't really understand it I really don't I, I don't I don't know whether it's worth like a minute of, of discussion or whether yeah, you just kind I've of got a bunch of mates who cannot stand him they absolutely slate him like literally we the name of our WhatsApp group is actually got well Veghorst's name in it because I set it up basically I had this bet with one of them that he'd get 10 goals this season and i was just and this is my mate glenn right and his his dad is a burnley fan he was like absolutely fucking no way absolutely fucking no way and i was quite bullish because i think when we spoke about it it was like trust the manager if the manager thinks it's a good idea he's probably gonna be really good and it's gonna work out really well but as Bout said there's never it's never plan a so yeah i'm you know i'm gonna owe glenn a drink in fact it's a, it's a a horse weirdly that it sort of escalated what we were going to buy you owe glenn a horse yeah, it's going to be some form of farmyard animal. It started off with a beer. But, yeah, it's... Um, I don't see a... I think we're quite nice to to, to out on this pod because I think that the, the work and everything, I think we're quite pragmatic again, was that word again, about what he does. But he, he was crap in front of goals today. He was he, crap. And he, I basically he, think we stand... Yeah, no, he is what he is. He is what he is. But I, I don't see there's much support. I don't know. Do you, you guys might see something different, but do, do you, I, the, the do you see? I don't um, like him at all. Do you see him getting a, a one year deal? Like, if say in the summer, right, we go out and we sign Osserman. Cool. Um, we probably we're going to see Martial get sold, and maybe we get someone else in. You could hypothetically, for all intents and purposes, now you could talk about uh, Marcus Turam from Munch and Gladbach's available on a free. Good. All right, you got two strikers in. Do you think Ten Hag wants to keep Vekhorst in as a third choice on like a short term one year deal? Well, if yeah, possibly. Voldemort comes back, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't rule it out, can you? You, you can't. The, the longer it goes on, I think it's, it's suspiciously quiet. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I think you're fair. I haven't even, I haven't even thought about it. Mm -hmm. You're right. The longer it goes on, the less of an impact the announcement would have. Right? You would yeah. imagine. Well, it's like it's like in politics. You just don't mention it for a while, and people forget, and the the narrative moves on, and start talking about other things. So, I would say it feels a lot more likely now than it did a couple of months ago. Even after that, the acquittal, or like the no, sorry, not, not the acquittal, but well, the charges, the exact dropped. legal term, but yeah, case being dropped. From best, Laura and Charlton to Bruno, Rashford and Leacher, this is the United People's Podcast. Quick rewind to that uh, abomination of a refereeing display, and I just just want to have like a little couple of minutes chat about that because I've spoken about it quite a bit this week. Jake, big up, Jake. Who, who sat in a car for 10 minutes whilst I made him late and then he realised he couldn't go back to the pub. So I'm sorry, Jake, let me off. But he's got... Uh, he's spoken over the last couple of years about sort of... Not falling out of love with the game, but sort of basically that. And VAR... I hate VAR. For what it's worth, I hate VAR. And you're looking at that performance there from that ref on... It was Anthony Taylor. And... Um, Whoever it was, was it Andre Mariner or VAR? Andre Mariner, sort of Paul Mariner. Oh, it was, <laughs> mate, it was, it, it's not just like your red tinted specs. It's like, it's happened to a United quite a few times a season. And I've, as I've said, I imagine it's happened to a lot of other teams. I'm not saying that United are hard done by. I'm just saying in general, the quality of refereeing and officiating is abysmal and needs, oh, needs, a, needs a level of accountability that doesn't exist. Like Neil, like we were speaking about that. Like, players get yellow cards and red cards, right? If, if a manager even mentions how bad the referee was, he'll get fined by the FA. He might get a touchline ban too. Like you can't do anything against them. They're like this dictatorship that you can't speak out against, no matter how bad they are. Something's got to change there. I, I did think it was a red card for what it's worth. Oh, did you? Yeah. I thought that he wasn't in control of the challenge. He's gone over the ball afterwards. So, But the thing that annoys me is as a lot of people have pointed out this week, the lack of consistency. There's th three three direct comparisons of exactly the same type of tackle. Do you see that tackle by Lavia for for Southampton? Yeah. Literally, this, this is basically a carbon copy. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's just that lack of consistency. Um, I don't think they, the two decisions in the first half were penalties. I thought the Rashford one was, because um, if you see the angle from behind him, he runs past and the goalkeeper's knee brushes his foot and he, and, he, and he ends up tripping himself up. But in that situation, how quick VAR were like, kind of like, let's get this game restarted. But in other instances, they want to take their time and time. Well, you and don't time. think that handball was a penalty? I just realised what you said there. No, because he's fallen he's, and his hands are on the floor. He's not kind of moved his arms. To yeah, no, but if, if, his, if his arm's not there... And straight to Veghorst. So it's handball. Yeah, but he's not he's not made a, a direct play. Like, did you see the, the I don't know if you watched the Liverpool Real Madrid game last night. In injury time, someone took a shot and it's hit Simakas on the knee and he's obviously looked one way and the ball's bounced the other way and it's hit his, his arm, which is behind his head behind him. He doesn't know where which way the ball's gonna go. And the referee's actually they've actually sent the referee over to the monitor. And even I said, You can't fucking give that. As much as I would have liked for it to have been given. For that even to be said to the referee, you need to go and look at the monitor for that for that incident. It, it, it's just taking the piss. Well, it's, it's, mate, it's like the City game as well. Like City got their penalty because I think Haaland 
went over the ball, went behind him, got headed onto his. I don't know what it. I don't know what it was, but that shouldn't have been a penalty. And then Edison coming flying out, missing the ball completely. And then Timo Werner, get, I just, there's there's like four examples there that we've spoken about from games that have happened in the last 72 hours. And only one of them is related to United. The inconsistency is like, so, I mean, that that is what, the two obvious ones for me in terms of the red card, because I didn't think it was, Fabinho and Andy Carroll. If you think Andy Carroll should basically be doing jail time for what he did to Ericsson. You know, he's put him out until, when's he back? End of April? He must be back soon. End, That's end, gonna be end of End of April. Yeah, so that's uh, that. That's when you start to get. I don't really buy all the conspiracy theory. If you look at sort of Man United Twitter at the moment. It's like it's a conspiracy. It's all against us, and I don't normally buy into that stuff. But you do look at such. I mean, I hate the whole clear and obvious thing, but you do look at stuff that you don't need VAR to see that that was clearly physical assault, and and nothing happened. Uh, and then you compare that with Casemiro's red, which was it. And I joke. Um, People say it's a soft red. I mean, the red's a red, and there's you no know, soft or hard. It's like, it's like a soft murder. But basically, that is the inconsistency. One was one you didn't need VAR for at all. Like with the naked human eye, you can see that that, that Andy Carroll set out to injure. Like set out to injure. The intent was there. Fabinho, I don't think he did. I think he was just a bit of a desperate lunge. But one was there was real intent behind it. Whereas there was just mate, the worst thing you could say about Casemiro is that it was clumsy. I think uh, I think the the thing that annoyed me the most about all of that, right, about going back to that handball decision, was the fact that it the, it just didn't go to VAR. Like it, it, that's the thing I'm sort of scratching my head about is I don't know how they pick and choose what is what goes to VAR. I'm guessing it's Andre Mariner's decision as the VAR official going. No, there's no point you coming to have a look at that, right? Is that yeah. how it works? It's just. It, it, it fucks me off, man. Football should be talking about... Football used to be, like, steeped in controversy, right? The one I always remember is Drogba's goal at Old Trafford, right, when he was, like, seven... When he was seven yards offside. Like, it shouldn't have happened, but it, it happened. Like, football has always had its controversies, but it just seems... It's going down to such a granular level, level right now but, that it's... But that's black, <laughs> that's black and white, offside or not. Well, you would think so. I mean, the one, I think, Richarlison, the decision they gave against Richarlison on the weekend... Oh, wow. Where... You weren't even sliding a piece of paper in that gap, whatever whatever they found. It it, it wasn't offside. I was like, it's quite funny though, given the celebration. <laughs> I actually I didn't see the celebration. It's almost worth it just 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 for that. A little bit of Schadenfreude. Everyone loves a bit of Schadenfreude, right? Favorite but word. It's, it's just like um, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan of kind of referee bashing, and with I've always had the opinion it swings and roundabouts with decisions, like. Mm. We were sitting here grimacing and smirking one when we got that VAR one against City in January. So you're going to have some go against you. Um, for me, I I could only take the positives out of Sunday after that in the sense that we played the best part of 60 minutes with 10 men. Yeah. And probably were well unlucky not to win the game. So, I mean, we got free we got freebie in the sense that Liverpool's adrenaline shot lasting lasted longer than uh Liz Truss in, in in number 10 but uh it's although less of a direct effect on my mortgage <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you see a good mortgage advisor oh, well, well, yeah, don't go see Val then Jesus <laughs> but um but yeah um yeah it's uh, with, with Liverpool losing it's a bit of a freebie in the sense that okay we're a point we're now an extra point clear but I just 
I just don't want to be kind of get sucked into this rat race of fourth because we, we've got him, we've got them both at an arm's length. Yeah. With the European fixtures, the quarters, and the FA Cup semi-final kicking in, you want to be able. You're going to have to start what, resting players around there. Why? Well, well, might, might both. No, I'm talking about the, I'm saying potential FA Cup semi ah, right, on the okay. basis of beating them. Just having a look now at the um at the table. So we're uh, we're two points ahead of Spurs, and we've got a game in hand, and we are eight. six points ahead of Newcastle, and they've got a game in hand on us, and we are eight points ahead of Liverpool. So we're still holding at arm's length, but basically another weekend of They're results all out of Europe, that don't go our way. Ooh. They're all out of Europe. Well, Liverpool literally just. I mean, if you think if you think about the first the first the first weekend back. Liverpool play City and we go to St. James's Park. We beat Newcastle, City beat Liverpool. I think that's both of them. Yeah, you, you two are gone. Go fuck yourselves. That'd be uh, nice. And then then, then you, you've suddenly got an 11-point gap over Liverpool. Where you can say, you know, for me, I, I don't really see Newcastle as a threat. I think their lack of experience and I lack think of goals. Fade away. Lack of goals will see them fade away. Um, They're starting already. This is where yeah. you're going to kind of, you know, I just really clever now. Manage your games. Manage your manage your workload. Well, wait, well, look at that, right? So we we return from the international break, <clears throat> and we have got three games in six days: Newcastle away, Brentford at home, and then Everton at home. Yeah. Brentford at heart, mate. Even even though we're playing them at home, it's a tough one. Not playing Brentford away, but they're just a very good team. Mm, they're a very good team. They really are a very good team. Anyway, quick uh, quick chat about uh, Fulham. What do you what do you expect on Sat on Sunday, right? Because if 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 the if we win. That means we've won the Carabao Cup, we're in the FA Cup semi-final, and we're in the Europa League quarter-final. Good, right? It's good. We're doing well in the Cups. Do you reckon it's it going to continue on Sunday? You should be right. We'd be pretty, pretty upset if it wasn't. Well, what's, uh, what's Fulham? Let me have a look at Fulham's form. They're um, ninth. Because they, Fulham... they had, Paulino was suspended for the Arsenal game. I think He's, he's, he's quite, their best player, right? He's, he's quite key to how they play. Mitrovic has gone off the boil in front of goal, but no doubt he'll fucking score now on Sunday. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's fucking Fulham at home. If you can't be beating Fulham at home in an FA Cup quarter final, then whoever you are. Yeah, they then... just lost, lost 3 0 to Arthur. They got pumped in the first half against Arsenal. Lost to Brentford the game before, beat Leeds the game before that. Yeah, topsy turvy, topsy turvy results. But United at Old Trafford, it's. It, it, we can that, we, I suppose we can say it now, really. Like, it, it feels like. There's a different level of confidence in this football team when they're playing at home right now. Mm. Right, and so it, and it, it, it's good. Like, I suppose there's certain uh, hiccups that we've had away from home, but at home, it just feels like hey, you're right there, Bal. Like we talked about a moment about the ref for five minutes, but to last sixty minutes with ten men was a real testament to a proper togetherness in this team. Martinez there was was an absolute monster. Um, something that we should quickly speak about here before we finish the pod. <clears throat> There's been quite a lot of developments in the old Sadie United in this last week. Today, the Qatari um, group, they were at Old Trafford, Carrington. They were there for 10 hours. Just came out about 20 minutes before we went live on the pod. Measure, measuring up for the gold plate to urinals. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to carry you there on a throne. <laughs> oh, well. But um, is that Mike Keegan, um, Simon Stone from the BBC, uh Matt Lawton from the Times all reporting the exact same thing that talks with the Qatari um, bid lasted for about 10 hours and they were all very, very positive and that the second bid is coming in. Um, tomorrow, Jim Ratcliffe, well, by the time this is out, today, Jim Ratcliffe himself is going to be there with Ineos. 
I'm guessing that's his way of trying to gain some sort of tactical advantage by physically being involved. Um, has, has your opinion sort of changed or anything on to, on to do with like which which bid you prefer or which bid you actually think is going to win? I, what I prefer is the one that probably won't win. So I think I would prefer Jim Ratcliffe, but I think Guitaros will win because I don't. The Glazers aren't going to sell based on he's a fan. That's the that's the right thing to do. It's the biggest bid. They've got the deepest pockets. Do you, do, you, do you still feel that even after like sort of like understanding the the sort of structure of the Ineos bid uh, and comparing it, do you still feel it would be the best bid for United? No, probably not. No, I mean I, I'm definitely quite rose tinted on this one. After, yeah, I don't know. I think it just marks us out as being a bit different. But financially, the Qatari one makes a hell of a lot more sense. Clear the debt, clear the decks, build a new stadium, or adapt. Sorry, adapt the stadium. I mean, it just makes a lot more sense financially. I just, I don't know. I'm just a little bit kind of, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm overly, overly over romanticizing. Jim Ratcliffe, who, let's be honest, he's, a, he's got his own problems, right? He does. Yeah, he, he's not perfect. I mean, I was, I was, I was, read, I was reading somewhere where um, I think the the Glazers have got someone to do, basically <clears throat> evaluate, well, what is potential knock-on effect of a partial sale and something like the, the backlash, what they expect to see from the fans will be even bigger. The fact that They'll still be around. I think it's a full sale. Like you've had your fucking chance. Fuck off. I th I think the um <clears throat> the share mark the share price kind of tanking for about two weeks. Obviously, the market itself was going down a little bit, so that's slightly representative of it. But it's dropped now back to way. I can't remember what it's dropped to. I think it's dropped to about nineteen dollars last time I checked. Let me check. Man United share price because it it went up to about twenty six and a half. I think which was the highest in a long time. And it's now, what is it at the moment? So look, oh, it's gone back up to 21.7. So it's peaking and troughing. But I think they've realised how volatile the value of Manchester United is whilst it's in their hands. And that it pretty much is not going to get worth it. It's, it's peaked. The value of United has peaked without investment. And they can't get investment. So I'm not... <clears throat> quietly, I'm confident that that full takeover will happen. But pretty much until it happens, I'll be scared that it won't which I think is pretty much going to be representative of most United fans. Just until yeah. they're gone, you're, you're still worried that they're going to somehow find a way to dig the claws in, right? I mean, I mean, the people saying, like, potentially, you're the saying the, the deadline or they wanted to get it sold by the the end of March. I'm actually kind of glad that's not happening. Um, I know, happily, for it to take till the end of May or before the transfer window starts because it doesn't distract what's going on on the pitch there. Leave it going on in the background. If it suddenly becomes forefront news, oh, a bid's been accepted. You know, it could be a day before a big game and all the questions to Ten Hag, all the media coverage is going to be around that. And I just don't think it's a distract. We don't need any more distractions this season. We've had enough. Um, <laughs> Ten Hag's had his fair share, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think he gets particularly distracted. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't, but it's, it's just still noise... I want to. I want to go deep into the season, enjoying the the football, enjoying the the position we're going to be in, in the potentially quarterfinals and semi-finals of cups. That's re okay. You we're we're not where we need to be for for a league title, a league title shot. But enjoy this. I was, I was having a conversation with my mate about Arsenal. Like this April is probably I think the, the most pivotal month in the season. 
because you've got Europe heats up, you have the domestic semi-finals, and then if you look at the fixtures they've got to play, you could have a really bad April, and you're probably not going to win, not going, not going to win the title. But if you have a really good April but had a shit May, you probably still could. And if you look at the fixtures Arsenal are playing, this this April for them is massive, and and it is for us like two quarter, double quarter, quarter double leg quarter final plus a potential FA Cup semi-final with four or five league games in the middle as well. Well, let's hope that come start of May that we're uh, we're smiling as much as we are now because I think yes. it's. Uh, <clears throat> I've enjoyed a lot of this season so far. Uh, great. Obviously, mate, we've won the cup. As you say, we, we've been third kind of at a canter because of our own successes. Uh, I hope I hope you're right. We don't get dragged into it. I suppose we'll know after the international break. But yes, um, this is the last game before. Well, actually, no, it's the last game. Last pub we'll have is the one after um, Fulham before we get a little cheeky break. It's going to be yeah. nice. Not that I gave myself a cheeky break last week anyway because I <laughs> early this week. This could because... be a cheekier break. Even cheekier. Yeah, the, the, the cheekiest of breaks, is that a thing? Yeah, possibly. Varane's retired now, isn't he, for France? So he's yes. not going. He's going to have a cheeky break. Argentina just got two stupid friendlies, as a Brazil. So nothing competitive for the for Casemiro. Not that he's fucking playing in, but when he comes back. Um, right. Come on, uh, Yeah, it, he's come back unscathed. Hope all the Liverpool players break their legs. And but who cares what Liverpool do? They're out of everything. They, they, have no, they have nothing left. Enjoy it. You had your cup final. I've got nothing left. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> anyway, finish on, that, finish on that note. Look, we'll be here after the Fulham game on Sunday. Hopefully, after United get through to the, sef- the FA Cup semi-final. we find out who we draw, by the way, tomorrow in Europa League. Uh, thank you very much, by the way, lads, as always. I apologise for being half an hour late. Let me off. Um, well, you, you, you want to tell the, your adoring audience why you were late? Uh, I was the, late the, because the I decided... I made dinner and... I made the worst possible dinner for eating fast. I made like a noodle broth. My tongue, honestly, I can't feel it. It's, it's, it looks very red. It's just quite a reddy, pinky sort of, yeah, it's like a bit of salami. You're right. No, it's sore. It's really quite, hence why I've been drinking water on the sly the whole way Get a through. cold compress on your tongue when you go to bed <laughs> in a sling. Oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, you're, the, you're, you're, the, you're my hero. But look, right, we'll wrap this one up. Um, make sure you uh, drop a five-star review if you listen to the podcast anywhere. Appreciate You're asking that on me and Bal, sorry. Yeah, exactly. yeah, make sure you do. I mean, yeah. A bit arrogant, isn't it? If you can, can you Who go and do it? Who was the winner of the free PlayStations, by the way? Oh, the free oh, PlayStation. Yeah, so claimed those, uh, no, it's still <laughs> going on, actually. Um, Bal, if you just give me your bank details, then uh, <laughs> I'll buy all the PlayStations. <laughs> she the last three dudes as well. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ideally, ideally. But um, I'm actually giving away PlayStation. I'm doing, doing like a, a PS5 rap. I actually sure saw that. I've, got, mm. I've, got, I've literally, right now, if I go down here. Here's what I made earlier. Have you played it yet? Have you got it out and you're going to put it, wrap it back up and Mate, send I wish. It? I've been so tempted. I want to buy that Hogwarts game. It looks great. Really? All the games there that's Harry Potter ones on you want? Yeah, the Harry Potter one looks amazing. Come on, you're allowed to, you're allowed to fanboy over that. That looks great. Really? Yeah. Am I not allowed that? Do you play Harry? No. She plays, with, she plays with his wand. <laughs> <laughs> this, the, the ending of this podcast has gone somewhere very, very different. I'll tell you that. Come on, that brown shell. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you after the Fulham game. This is a United People's TV and Listening Dog Media production. Sports Social Podcast Network.